Hey, 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 welcome back to the House of Trauma podcast. It's your favorite podcast host, Keanu Breen. Now let's get into it. You see, my daddy calls me baby girl. And uh, I think I said this before, but I was not the youngest girl and I was not the oldest girl, but I was still his baby girl. And my dad refused to call any of his other daughters baby girl. And he refused to like let anybody claim that one of my younger sisters were um, his baby girl. That was me. (laughs) Okay. And it's funny because I used to always kind of like rub it over my sister's head like I'm I'm baby girl even to this day if I hear one of my sisters call somebody else baby girl my response is always I'm the only baby girl in this house okay you feel me the only baby girl and you will not address anybody else as such in my presence it's rude (laughs) but anyways I mean I I sometimes wonder I guess I always kind of wondered what made me so special in my dad's eyes um, to be his one and only baby girl. I wonder if he just felt especially connected to me when I was born. Or I wonder if he always felt in his heart that we would be super close or that I would be just like him because I mean, my dad always said that I was his kid that was most like him in many ways. And uh, even when my dad passed away, my aunt, my stepmom, my grandma, they would always say that I was so much like my dad and, you know, just how he felt about me and just how proud he was over me, you know, um, during his time here. And I, I think now if he was proud then, I can imagine the level of um, delight, (laughs) like how proud, um, how delighted would my dad be now knowing that I've accomplished so much in the past two years. I mean, in my opinion, much more than I had accomplished previously before. So just thoughts that run in my mind sometimes. And, you know, I I spoke a lot um, about how I feel and how I've been dealing or lack thereof dealing with my dad's death and um, losing a parent episode. And one thing I didn't speak about, or at least in in detail, is I, I often wonder now that all these years have passed and so much has changed and so much has transpired, I wonder how the dynamics would be if my dad was still here, like how, you know, things would have operated. I mean, and just based on the pandemic alone, um, I wonder how he would have adjusted to things like that. Um, I know he'd be proud that all of his kids finally um left Milwaukee well all but one um because he said he the one thing or one of the things my dad always wanted was for his kids to leave Milwaukee he's like you guys are grown I can't tell y'all what to do I can't make y'all do anything y'all make y'all own decisions but what I do want is for all my kids to leave Milwaukee and you know I mean for obvious reasons it's not safe you know and there's such 
a big world out there and it's so much for us to do. And I love to to travel, right? But even before I became a flight attendant, I love to travel. But even now, and I'm going to all these different places and I'm like, dang, it's really a lot of places out here that I would have never thought, you know, to go to or, or, or to visit. You know, you encounter all these different people and he knew that there was a world out there that we needed to see. And I always admired that he wanted that for us. He always wanted more for us. And so I remember my dad telling me um, he just wants more for his kids than he had for himself. And if he can do that, then he did his job as a daddy. And he always wanted us, again, to, to see things, to travel the world, our family vacations. Like, yeah. He wanted us to have more. Our first family vacation was to Disney World. I was five. I was in kindergarten. <laughs> I remember missing school to go to Disney World in Florida. That was my first plane ride. How exciting. I remember us taking a trip to Wisconsin Dales. Um, Vegas, like being a 13-year-old or 14 in Vegas, like, it, it was just, it, it was exciting. Like, how many people can say they went to Vegas as a teenager, you know? And um, we used to always drive from Milwaukee to uh, Pine Bluff, Arkansas, for family reunions every summer. I just remember just in enjoying leaving the city and being able to see things that all of my siblings didn't get to see. And again, one of the things I admire most about my dad during his time here on this earth, and he was really big on family, super big on family and us always wanting us to be in connection and spend time with each other and know each other. And I always, always wanted to spend time with him, like with my dad. And because, of course, I lived with my mom. I only lived with my dad throughout my entire childhood. I lived with my dad for three years when I was in high school. Actually, I take that back. I lived for him for three years in high school. And then I remember one year, I think when I was in like first grade, we lived together together. Um, yeah, I lived with my dad when I was in first grade as well. But anytime I was like in my mom's house, like I always wanted to spend time with my dad. Like I always wanted to go to his house because it was the fun house. <laughs> Number one. <laughs> and I remember <laughs> it was the fun house. That's funny. Um, I remember um, when uh, me and my Irish twin first moved in with my dad in uh, freshman year. And after a while, like it, it, the first thing we did when we went to Vegas, right, for um, my dad and my stepmom's anniversary. And that was, like, right before school started. But a couple months into school, I'm like, what the hell? Y'all serious around this hoe? This is not the fun house no more. What's going on? And I remember one day my dad was telling me, like, you know, before y'all lived here, we used to go out and do fun stuff every time y'all came here because essentially how he worded it was our time was limited. So if you're coming on the weekends, we're going to have fun on the weekends because I didn't get to see you all week type of thing. And he's like, but you're here every day now. And he's like, we don't do that kind of stuff every day. Like we don't have money to do that kind of stuff all the time. And I felt bamboozled because I'm like, I didn't know y'all was over here like making us do chores and do our homework and 
not taking us out of town. I'm like, oh my God, I'm looking at my siblings who had already lived there with our parents. And I'm like, this is how y'all live in? This house living at my mama's house. I'm like, I thought this was the fun house, okay? But <laughs> anyways, I said all that to say my dad definitely had a fun side and he wanted us to experience life and enjoy life. Um, but he had a serious side too, a side where he ain't fucking around at all. And he would always give us these life lessons, like these lectures. That's what my sister called them. Lectures, like we would be in a car riding and one minute the music is on, the next minute the music is off. And we both look at each other like, fuck, here we go again. And he would just be going on and on and on and on. And he'd be like, I know y'all not listening right now. Or y'all don't care about what I'm saying right now. He was like, but when y'all grow up, y'all going to be like, my daddy was right. My daddy was right. And he will always say that when he realized we weren't really trying to hear like what it was he was saying. And I remember one day I told my sister like, no, I'm not going to be like my daddy was right. I'm like, this man is literally fucking psychotic because I would feel like he would blow things so out of proportion. And I'm like... It was not never even that deep. You you doing too much. You took it from A to Z so quick. These two letters ain't even connected. <laughs> Y'all get what I'm saying? Y'all get you what I'm throwing out? I would just be like, this man is nuts. Um, and I grew up. And I realized a lot of what my daddy said was right. <laughs> a lot, like 90% of what he said was right. The other 10%, like I said, he was reaching. He was for sure reaching. And... I used to feel like he was so hard on us, like on me and my sister than he was on our other siblings that were in the house. And I I never understood it. I felt like there were a lot of times where we did not get the benefit of the doubt. And I remember one time my dad was telling me something. He, He was mad about something. And I was like, no, you don't understand. This is what actually happened. He's like, it doesn't matter what happened. It matters what it looked like. And I'm like, are you for real? (laughs) <laughs> and when I started to grow up, I realized perception was everything. And that's essentially what he was trying to say. Like, it, it looks crazy, so people are going to perceive it as crazy, and it doesn't matter what the truth is. I mean, in the overall scheme of things, it absolutely matters what the truth is because the truth will reveal itself. But I don't think my dad was thinking in that way. He's just more so like people are going to see you behave a certain way, they're going to attach something to that, perceive you in that way, and it doesn't matter if those were your intentions. So it, it kind of, um, that's what aided in my like perfectionism. Like I always had to be seen in a certain image because in the back of my mind, like still to this day, I will be thinking like, my dad said it doesn't matter what it is, it matter what it looks like. It doesn't matter what it is, it matter what it looks like. So, again, there was always like these these lessons, these little tidbits. And I remember telling my dad, I was like, you know, I know you think that we don't listen when you talk. But for the most part, I, I do listen. I only say for the most part, but I was like, I do be listening. But 90% of the time, the other 10% reaching, right? <laughs> we, we've already established that. But I'm just like, you know, you think... We not hearing you at all, but I really do be hearing what it is that you're saying. And I use the little gems from the lessons and the lectures to aid me in my adult life right now. 
And I mean, I don't know how my other siblings was taking it. I don't know if they remember these talks and these conversations. I think the beautiful thing about his time here on earth is that we all were able to establish different relationships. And we, I have talked to my siblings now, and I'm like, oh, me and dad talked about this, this, and this. And they're like, what? I ain't never talked to him about that. And then they something he said. And I'm like, what? I ain't never know nothing like that. Like, being a parent is crazy. Like, having all these kids and, like, having different relationships with them and, you know, the kids being able to get different things from you, you know, as you're raising them. But... Me and my dad were so much alike, right? I mentioned that already. But you know what happens when you too much like a person? Y'all tend to bump heads. Like, it's all fun and games in the beginning. It's all fun and games in the beginning. When y'all just alike and everything is good and we cool and you cool and you cool. But especially, like, um, once I started to live with my dad, like I said, I thought he was a fun parent and he was serious. And I was like, I, I can go to Tasha house for this. Okay, sorry, ma. But yeah, I can go to my mama house for this. But, um... I was a little rough around the edges. I I called myself a rebel. I was a self-proclaimed rebel. Okay. And I didn't like people telling me what to do, especially on the notion of them thinking they know so damn no. (laughs) Yes, I'm talking about my dad. Because sometimes I would be like, you know, the whole, okay, I get it. It is what it looked like. But sometimes I'll be like, no. We we gonna have to scratch that, and the truth is true. The truth is true, no matter how much you try to spin it. So, anyways, me and my uh, Irish twin, we we still laugh about this situation today. I don't remember exactly uh, what it is, or at least I won't share exactly what we were talking about. And um, I remember my dad saying he was right, and he's just like, even when I'm wrong, I'm right. And he told me I needed to apologize to him because he was wrong, and I said he was wrong, and. Looking at him and saying no, and the look on my sister's face like she knew that this was my last day, that was my last day breathing. But I'm just like, No, I'm not apologizing because you were not right, I was right, and this is where we stand. And we we literally bumping heads. I'll never forget, he threatened to give me a whooping so many times when I was in high school, and I'm just over there, like, At this grown age, please. I just thought I knew better, right? <laughs> but that particular incident, he absolutely was wrong. And I stand 10 toes down on that to this day, period. Okay? But long story short, I just thought I knew better in a lot of instances. But I think that's just how it is when you're a kid, though, too, especially a teenager. You do think you know better than your parents. And half the stuff they say do be going in one ear and out the other. And I know that now. <laughs> But we were just so much alike. I think we always both thought we were right. And I was stubborn. Like I said, like even at that age, like even as a teenager, I was stubborn. And if I know that I'm right about something, there's I don't care who you are. There's nothing you can say to me to convince me to admit that I'm wrong. So that was a problem. But on the other side on the other side of the spectrum me and my dad was was cool as a mug and um I mentioned before you know being his baby girl and um the self-proclaimed favorite but I think I'm everybody's favorite everything I'm everybody's favorite um daughter sister flight attendant esthetician business owner entrepreneur friend I'm everybody's favorite anywho um I remember um when we were getting ready to moved down to Texas and um, 
I was spending the night at my grandma's house, my dad's mom, and um, me and my grandma got into it. And I called my big sister. I don't know where my dad was, but I called my big sister and I was like, come get me, take me back to my mama's house, and I'm just going to stay there until we go to Texas because I, I can't stay here with this lady. She's nuts. Okay? Like, mother, life, son, they was nuts. Anyways. <laughs> Lord forgive me I, I I love him now But again Teenager um, So my sister came to get me And my dad pulled up Like right before her And he was so upset Because he thought I did not want To Go to Texas anymore And I'm like No I just can't stay here But either way Before I could even get it out He's like No let's just talk Let's talk about this And we went on a walk And we talked And me and my dad Anytime Like we were having a serious disagreement or he felt like we were seriously disconnected. We will walk and we will talk. And I miss those walks, you know, just really just us two outside nature. And it always happened to be nighttime when we would go on these walks. And I feel like I saw my dad's most vulnerable side during these walks because my dad was always a big man a tough man a strong man he was the man of the house like when he walked into a room he commanded everyone's attention just by stepping into that room but when we were together alone on those walks he didn't need to command anybody's attention he didn't need to be the strongest person in the room because it was just us dad and baby girl. And so I remember when he, he he was so upset. He thought I didn't want to go to Texas. And he he cried and admitted to me that he thought I wanted to stay. Because I love my mom more than I loved him. And I'll never forget it broke my heart. I couldn't believe that he felt like I loved him any less. And I don't know if it was because he wasn't always around. And what I mean by always around is we I just didn't live with him. So he couldn't always be around, but he was always present in my life, right? And um, he would give, like, examples. Uh, peep this. So, like, Christmas break, two weeks. I was spent a week, maybe a little over a week at my dad's house with my sister. And I'd be like, oh, I just want to go home now. Like, I'm ready to go home. And so he would take me home, but my sister would stay. And um, and I remember these moments. I remember being a little girl and wanting to go home, but it wasn't I didn't want to be with my dad anymore. I'm just, how do I, my energy. If I'm out of my element for too long, if I'm out of my safe space, if I'm out of my home for too long, my energy begins to drain. And even even as a kid, I, I couldn't put this in words, but I knew what it felt like. And I still do it to this day. And I just needed to be back home in my safe space where I was most comfortable. And I want to put on the record, I was never uncomfortable at my dad's house. Like there was nothing or no one who made me feel uncomfortable, right? But I just wanted to go home and be in my home. And I, at 13, 14, I'm trying to describe this to my dad. And I just feel awful because I would never want him to feel like I loved him any less. And um, 
yeah, we we were able to connect, I feel like, that night on a level at which we had not previously connected. And we were able to understand each other a little bit more because I have no idea how long my dad felt like I loved him less. Right. But he knew that night that that was not true. And so, um, yeah, I really do miss those walks. And I think it's it's important to spend quality time with the people you love the most because you never know when they're going to be ripped from your life. And not just your parents, your siblings, your friends, your kids. I value the time I spend with every single person I love so much now. And anybody listening, please value that time too. And talk to each other. Make things right. You know, that's when I was 14. My dad was actually taken from me 11 years later. But it can happen any day at any time. We don't know the day or the hour. Right. And imagine if I had just left like my dad didn't get there before my sister and I left and he would have had in his mind that I left because I loved him less. And we have never had that talk. And what if something happened to either one of us? So it's, it's important to have that that line of communication and just just be open and honest and vulnerable with the people who are around you. And I'm preaching to the choir, but I'm preaching to myself because y'all know I don't do good with vulnerability at all. Fear of vulnerability, episode three. And you know what? (laughs) Something kind of funny happened that night, too. My dad was telling me, you know, just how much he loved and adored me. And he, he wished he felt the same for me. Right. But anyways, he was telling me, um, he was like, all my passwords are Kiana. He called my sister on the phone. Hey, yo, what's the password to Sprint? She was like, it's Kiana, right? And he was like, yeah, thank you. That's all I wanted to know. Hung up the phone. And so just to, to prove a point, he's like, I love you so much. I do these things with your name, whatever password. My mom's password used to be my name, too. Like I said, everybody's favorite. But anyway. So when he told me that my name was the password Y'all know I had to go rub it in my sibling's face Like y'all thought y'all was favorite I didn't do it right away But somewhere down the line You know we was having a conversation And I was like well boom bam I got the proof that I'm daddy's favorite Let me tell you what these scrubs did That's why you can't trust your siblings That's why you can't trust them (laughs) You cannot trust them They started doing stuff behind our parents back Because they knew that all the passwords was my name so guess what? Then they had to change all the passwords for my name because they was out of control. I'm like, wow, this is what I get for rubbing it in their face. And now we don't know what the password is. I wonder if it's Kiana123. <laughs> like, what happened here? Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I thought that was kind of funny. I'm like, y'all, wow. Was this payback? This is payback. Uh, it's for me and them. Shoot. But anyway, time went on. I got older. Me and my daddy started to bump heads. But we never lost our love for each other. Time went on. I got older. I started to be able to make sense of things. I'm like, you look crazy. Your daddy was right. (laughs) Um, And our relationship just got better and better. Um, I remember, though, my dad went to prison. 
for a few years and um that was devastating within itself and we were already living back in Milwaukee and we drove down with my granddad my dad's dad and his wife my nana and um we spent a few days there and it was around Thanksgiving so the whole family was there it was like this big thing it was super fun and I remember when it was time to go I couldn't believe that I had to say bye it was so overwhelming, and we drove all 16 hours back to Milwaukee, and I held it together. But when I got home, I just felt like I was losing a piece of me. I think he ended up getting five years, but only doing three. And the whole time he was gone, and I, I just, I, I love my dad so much because even behind bars, he was orchestrating things behind the scenes for me and my sister and uh without his him reaching out to to people for assistance I would not have been able to go to senior prom I don't know that my graduation would have been as successful as it was and my my graduation pictures um my graduation party Everything, and I, I know my dad had the biggest hand in that, and I'm grateful that they're my aunts and my stepmom, and they were all out here willing and able to, you know, assist us for him. Then my dad got out, and uh, he was out for a little while, and we had flew down to me and Tiana, uh, my Irish twin. <laughs> we had flew down to. Um, to Texas, um, one of my friends had passed away, so we were going to go to her funeral. But also, the day after was Father's Day, or two days after was Father's Day. So I'm like, oh, I'm like, don't tell my dad. I'm telling my stepmom, I'm like, don't tell my dad. We're going to come down. We're going to surprise him. We got there early. He was at work. And um, when he walked in the door, the look on his face, like he couldn't believe his eyes. He had no idea we were coming. And he was just so happy. And I was just so happy. And it was just such a good time. Like I can still, I can see it. I can see it in my mind. That's, that's the great thing about memory, y'all. That's the great thing about your memories. They don't ever die if you don't let them. Because I can see it in my mind, the look on his face. I can remember down to the tee what he was wearing. A white tee and gray shorts with white, uh, white dookies on. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I remember <laughs> he had his work bag and he dropped it on the ground and, you know, we just ran up to him and we still have that picture from um, that Father's Day. And it's crazy because my dad had changed so much while he was um, in prison. He had changed a lot. He looked like a totally different person to me. But this was my dad and this this I knew. And I feel like I had changed a lot, too. I mean, I had cut my hair. This, this is just a recurrent theme for me, by the way, cut my hair. <laughs> When life's getting a little crazy um, But yeah It was it was a good time And he actually got me back On the surprise tip um, I remember he came to Milwaukee He didn't tell me he was coming He would always tell me he was coming to Milwaukee And um, I, was, I was working at Walgreens And I was stocking the shelf And um, I looked to my right And I did a double take Because I'm like That dude looked familiar And it was my dad And I was just just so happy And I just ran over to him And I hugged him again And one of my coworkers I turned around And he just had the biggest smile on his face 
<laughs> and I'm like, oh, this is my dad. Dad, this is such and such. And he was like, oh, your dad. He surprised her. He's like, the look on your face. He was like, I knew you had to really know and love this person. And I did know and love this person. That was my dad. I was so excited. And, um, he goes, well, um, sir, you came at the right time because she off in three minutes. And what, what was perfect freaking time? I literally was off in three minutes. And my dad had just walked in. I'm like, if you had been three minutes later, I'd already been gone <laughs> out of here in a whip. Bye. But um, I ended up spending the whole day with my dad. We went. Um, it was my first time trying a Jamaican food. We went to this Jamaican spot. We just rode around. We, we went to visit people. And it was just cool. It was like, you know, we was just hanging out. Daddy and baby girl. It was it was a really good time. So like I said, I got older and I grew up and my dad got older and our relationship, it just grew and it blossomed into something I never thought it could be or it would be. Not thought it could be, but I never thought it would be, right? And um I remember when I decided to go back to college. I took like a year off. I decided to go back to college. And um, I went to school in Waukesha. And it used to be like a 20-minute drive from um, my apartment, but then I moved. So it became like a 40-something-minute drive, and I used to take a night class. I would get out at 9 p.m. And I would always call my dad so he can talk to me on my drive home at 9 p.m. every Wednesday at 9 p.m. Me and my daddy would talk. And we would have good conversations on my ride home. And he would check on me and check on my sisters and check on my mom and just ask us how everything was going, how classes was going. And, you know, that next year was actually when my dad was killed. And those drives home got really lonely and overwhelming. I actually ended up dropping out of college and I never went back. I just, I could not find the motivation or the passion after that um, to return to school. And I think something as small and as simple as that speaks to how powerful somebody's presence is. Because just a 45-minute phone conversation had a huge impact when those 45-minute phone conversations can no longer be made. And even prior to us having these phone conversations when I would be driving home from school, I remember my dad used to call me sometimes when he would be on his way home from work. And my dad would go to work super early in the morning. Sometimes he would work doubles and he'd be like, I'm coming from Fort Worth. It's a lot of traffic. I'm trying not to fall asleep, so I called you. And he would do that a lot. He would call me when he on his way home from work and we would sit and talk. Sometimes he would go meet his friends. They would go do like happy hour. I think it was like some... Um, he was telling me, it was, like, it was like some dollar margaritas at Applebee's. And he was like, yeah, I'm going to meet my friends from work. We went to such and such. Like, we would just have a ball on the phone talking all the time. And I remember when I, um, just last year, last November, when I testified at my dad's civil trial to speak to his character, right? And the, um, the attorney asked me, what do I miss most about my dad? And once I was able to muster up the strength and get the words out, I told him that I miss talking to him. Whether it was walking and talking, whether he was talking to me on my way home from school or I was talking to him on his way home from work trying to keep him awake. 
I miss those conversations. I miss picking up the phone when everything was going wrong and just being like, hey, dad, I just wanted to hear your voice. I miss those conversations more than anything in this world. But again, the great thing about memories is I have those to hang on to. I have those lectures <laughs> to hang on to, those life lessons uh, that I learned all those years ago, sitting in the back seat with my sister, annoyed out of our mind. <laughs> and uh, it's going to be Father's Day in a few days. And so um, as it gets closer to Father's Day, I just want to take the time to to remember my dad and, and all the amazing experiences all the amazing moments that we had together and not remember what ultimately led to his demise right me and my dad were alike in so many ways he taught me so many things and I like to think that uh we teach our parents a little something too (laughs) along the way and outside of not being able to talk to him anymore Um, I think the thing that haunts me the most is knowing that when I bear my own children, my kids will never know him the way that I did, but I will be damn sure that they know everything about him and I'll keep his legacy alive, alive through me and my children, my siblings and their children. And every life that my dad touched while he was here on earth. So shout out to all the fathers who are present in their kid's life. Shout out to all the fathers who think they right when they wrong. <laughs> and a big shout out to all the fathers who continue to do what they feel is best for their kids and protect them in every way. My name is Kiana Brienne. This is the House of Trauma podcast. Don't forget to email me all of your advice questions to houseoftrauma at gmail.com. I'll see you next week.